Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, Agora community. Welcome to yet another conversation with uh, tonight um, on this lovely uh, 16th of December. Um, I um, have a couple things to say before we get started. One of them is we do have a surprise co-host tonight, somebody you might recognize. We're going to bring him in a minute. Um, and of course, we have um, Mr. Mark Thornton uh, with us tonight. Mark and I uh, come from the similar sort of pool of uh, animation over in Toronto, Ontario. And, um, you know, we've got common friends. We've crossed paths a couple of times. And it sounds like we've even worked on a couple of things <laughs> unknowingly together. We'll talk about that during the stream. Um, but um, I've always known him as uh, a very highly regarded um, uh, person who is extremely creative and uh, uh, has been doing like art direction and animation direction for like pretty much since the beginning of time, pretty much. So uh, it's going to be great to have him in here to talk a little bit about what that journey's look like. Um, you know, talk about some of the some of his favorite moments, some of the fa his favorite uh, projects that he's worked on, and uh, what it's like to have um, founded a studio with a close friend and um, and colleague, um, and uh, how that's worked out over the years. So, uh, let's bring in Scott, and then we'll bring in Mark, and we're gonna get this party started. Hello, Scott. Uh, you gave it away, Brent. Give ah uh, well, I mean, it, we could we could have just left you in the background the entire time, and you could have just been a disembodied voice. Yeah. And the people I kind of guessed. feel like that's going to be the case anyway. It sounds like you and uh, Mark have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm just going to be the silent observer, and I might mm. drop in every now and then with a hmm. Oh, yeah. no, you know. You know. Yeah. yeah, or you could just, you know, you could throw a wrench in the works every once in a while, you know, like drop Ooh. some sort of little tidbit of juicy background information that you've done some research on and make us both both feel very awkward and probably old. You could do that too. That, that would be fine. Yeah. I think so I like as that. per usual, like Scott, usual sort of like MO in, in chat. So it'll be good. It'll be just like usual. I don't think uh, let's... I like this MO. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the hot seat, my friend. Yeah. Okay, so right, let's, let's bring in Mark and let's uh, let's get this thing going. Mark Thornton, how are you, sir? Hello. Pretty good. Hey there. That's hey, good. Hey guys. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, thanks for joining us in this crazy, um, in this crazy little uh, chat room of ours. Yeah, that's that's yeah. great. I'm so happy to have been invited. I uh, <laughs> if there's you know, one thing I'm talking twice. about. You get sucked well, in there's one thing I like talking about. It's me. So yeah, <laughs> well, perfect. That's so perfect. This whole chat is literally called a conversation with Mark Thornton. It's yeah, all about yeah. you. That's what we were gonna do. It couldn't be better. Stars be aligned. So, I mean, I met, I kind of gave away some of the backstory. I mean, yes, we have some crossover. We both went to Sheridan, right? There's that yeah. similar. Uh, yeah. That's kind of where you went to school for this kind of stuff back in the day in that in that area. If, if not, you were probably going all the way to Vancouver to like either Vancouver Film School at the time. Uh, there was like, what's, what was this? There was a school at the time was like, it was in, was it? Where the hell was it? It was just it was it wasn't Sheridan. It was like another place, another school you go to that was in that area. Was it an Oshawa or something? Or in Ottawa, yeah. where the I don't. I honestly don't. Algonquin remember. College. I, oh, maybe Algonquin. I know. Seneca I feel like they had a probation, but yeah. it could have been. Yeah, I, I, I only found Sheridan by uh, by accident. Oh yeah, really? 
Yeah, I, I'd gone oh, to school for something story. else. Yeah, I'd gone to school for something else first. Okay, right? I, what was it? I was I had gone to pottery, uh, pottery making. Pottery. No, I went to I went to Ryerson. <laughs> I went to oh, Ryerson okay. before it was considered a university. It was a polytech, oh, yeah. polytech. That's right. That's right. They and, transitioned uh, to a university later on. Yeah. So I went there for graphic arts management, graphic communications management. Okay. And okay. it was a, a crossover between, um, it was all about the printing industry, you know, that right. big booming industry right now. Oh yeah. Um, very big magazine, yeah. magazine and newspaper publishing and all of that. And, uh, okay. and most, a, a heavy focus on management and team building and all of that sort of stuff. And so I was right. there for a few years and couldn't, I, I could not see myself doing that right. for the rest of my life. So, so okay. Uh, but wow. then like you had a crisis of like confidence and then you look absolutely. For something else. I look okay. for something else. I wanted to do something in the art field. I wanted to be, yeah. that's what I always wanted to do ever since I was a kid. I was always drawing. I loved okay. cartoons. I would see anything if it had an animated opening, you know, like a film that had animated opening titles or, uh, what that show on, um, uh, that old show, My Three Sons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The opening titles are animated, but anyways. Um, yeah, so I decided I needed to find something, and I went to the, before I before I pulled the plug at Ryerson, I went to their library and was going through course calendars because I knew I wasn't going to, oh. I knew I was not going to not stop, like, I knew I had to keep going to school for something. Yeah, yeah. So I flipped through all the calendars and uh, came across the, Sheridan College one and saw that they had animation and I was just You're like I had no idea people go to school to learn how to make cartoons yeah. <laughs> I just thought they happened right like I mean I, I had I had a general understanding of how it all worked but I was just amazed so I had I had to uh, I had to apply to that and, uh, and the rest figure out how to do yeah it was a <laughs> it was a, a uh, bit yeah. of a ride since then yeah yeah it was uh, it was definitely interesting because i had no formal training right like there wasn't right. any our high school had no real art program oh wow you know there wasn't really anything it, the people who took art in my high school were people who didn't want to take math right, right? it was just <laughs> right they had to take a class so i guess they, that's the they needed a class so that yeah. was it so you had to so, fill their schedule I mean, very very basic stuff it was just mostly keeping people busy and so right. i had to i had to somehow oh, pull man. a portfolio together to get in yeah Wow. Well, I mean, you're, I mean, obviously it was, it was probably pretty good. Cause I know that the competition to get into that school was not light. Yeah. So, 90, 92, 90, 1991 was when, yeah. 91, yeah, 92 was when I went. So I was um, like 94, 95, I think I was. Yeah. I graduated 94. Okay. But, uh, but my, I don't know. It's a, it's a funny story how I, I can tell that about how I got, got into Sheridan too. Cause so I, I didn't have a portfolio other than a bunch of stuff I had done in high school and on my own, like really stupid posters and that kind of stuff, goofy, yeah. goofy things. And, uh, um, I happened to find a flyer on a lamppost on campus. One of those, you know, you pull the, pull the tab with the phone number mm -hmm. sign up for some, something. And it was a, right. an art school that was, was setting up and they were looking for people and uh, they just needed you to submit your portfolio and they would give it an assessment or so what submit whatever you have and then they'll take you on and train you and you could have a, an art portfolio in a in a matter of months and i thought well that's what i'm going to do so i gathered up what i had all originals because you know photocopiers weren't terribly handy at the time and i rolled it all up in a in a portfolio and i hopped on a bus and i think it was all the way in mississauga or something 
And okay. uh, I, I dropped it off. It was a little storefront. It was like a, it, there was just a desk and a phone. There was no signage. It was just a startup. And I put all my original artwork on the thing and gave them my name, my phone number and oh, left. They said <laughs> they'll it. look at it and, and get, and then I never heard from them. <laughs> and I, I tried calling and the, uh, I tried calling them and the phone number was gone. <laughs> like it was oh, disconnected. No. And I thought I've lost, I've lost everything no. I've ever done. Yeah. Wow. But um, we managed to, oh it was at the time my father worked for Bell Canada and he was able to contact the business office and said no, to them, I... can you, can <laughs> you uh, find out if these people are still around? Anyways, yeah. I got a phone call from the person who was trying to set up the school apologizing saying that their government funding it was one of those things you get a startup from the government to yeah to make something and it, it fell through and they had they didn't think to return my artwork so so they said they managed to send it back to me oh man and you're so said, lucky. yeah and they said the guy who was going to teach the course he's willing to take you on as a private student and uh if you want to go work with him you can call him and set it all up and so I'm like, okay. Hey, okay, do I really want to take the bus all the way out? I was living at, I was right. living downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I called him up and turned out he lived one block from me. <laughs> no way. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And so Amazing. I just started going. So I dropped out of, dropped out of Ryerson. Yeah. I was living on, on uh, yeah. And I was living on uh, uh, downtown and he was yeah. a couple blocks away in the Spadina area. And um, I would go to his house two days a week. I paid him 20 bucks for each session and he wouldn't let me leave until he thought I'd learned something. No way. And wow. so some days I would be there eight to 10 hours, just, just drawing and just soaking it up, just soaking it up. And he was, he was fantastic. He was, so, a, was this guy? so his name was, his name was Dr. Akira Kanda and he's a sure, theoretical Kanda. mathematician at university okay. uh, at university of Toronto at the time. And he's, right. he's a theoretical physicist. Okay. It, it, the guy's just crazy. He was so <laughs> crazy. So I would go to his house. He would be walking around with his bare feet. His hair was crazy like Einstein's. <laughs> yeah, he was like rolling his like own cigarettes. Yeah, crazy, crazy genius. And he did these massive oil paintings that were all over his apartment. Wow. All over his house. And he would set me up and he so on. I would go Mondays and Thursdays or something like that. And I would go for sometimes three hours, sometimes six hours. 20 bucks no matter what wow. and then he'd get then he'd set up a live like a, a still life and tell me to draw it and then he would put music on and explain different things to me and taught me a bunch of different stuff from he, he would hand me books of the master's works you know mm-hmm. and then say copy this yeah. he, copy this but use these colors he would hand me a palette of right so do this yeah. painting but with these colors oh, and then man. then he'd say let's go we'll do some alfresco painting he took me outside and there's still snow on the ground. He said, let's go paint this corner. And he just stuck an easel in a snowbank and handed me some gouache paint. And I stood <laughs> in the snowbank. And then he buggered off <laughs> and left me standing on the corner. And then he came back a couple hours later to see what I'd done oh and uh, and brought me some hot tea. And then <laughs> it, it was so crazy. Like so was, weird, like artistic boot camp. It was yeah. it was insane, and then and then I had to fill ten pages of my sketchbook every day. Like he said, so you had to wow. on top of doing these drawings. So then he would give me an assignment at the end of that day. He'd say, "Now you've got to go draw one big piece. That means let's pick a theme, and I'd have to do this." And then he'd say, um, "But you always have to do ten pages in your sketchbook." And so on my off days, 
if it wasn't Mondays or Thursdays, I would ride the subway. I would just ride the loop. I'd put my token in, and I'd just ride all day with my sketchbook. And just, I'd just oh, draw man. everybody I saw. Or yeah. I'd go down to the uh, St. Lawrence Market and sit and draw. So I did that for, I don't know, a few months, a couple months, maybe two months, and um, getting ready for the portfolio uh, submission date. You and then so ready at that point though. That's the crazy. Well, it's like yeah. you training think, with Mr. Miyagi essentially at that. Like, that's what it was. It was my Mr. Miyagi training. Oh, and then, uh, so, but, but everything we did was massive, right. Other than my sketchbook. So we were drawing, I, mm. we were drawing like two by four, like two foot by four foot paintings and drawings and charcoal things. And so then I went to submit the portfolio to Sheridan and then I read the fine print that said, <laughs> Got to be a certain um, size. Everything had to be 11 by 14, right? <laughs> exactly. Please submit. Uh, and I'm like, I don't, what am I going to yeah. do? So I, I rolled it all up in another tube. And again, okay. it's all originals again. No copies. Oh, God. Just, Here we know, go again. I, we never learn. Yeah. And I sent it off to Sheridan with a note. And yeah. the head of the department at the time was Wayne Gilbert. Yeah. And I waited and waited. And then the portfolio came back to me with a post-it note on it that said, hi, Mark. The size wasn't an issue. Or the size isn't. The size isn't an issue or the size isn't the okay. issue something like that right Signed wayne gilbert and i'm like but there's no what does it no mean? evaluation <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? that's such a and wayne I'm gilbert like, thing to do i love it right and i'm oh, like God. Wait, wait a second does that mean it doesn't yeah. matter how big or small it is it's crap yeah yeah <laughs> not it. in, or right does and it mean so it was all great and don't worry about, the size. Don't worry about how big it is <laughs> which one you're not going to art fundies it's okay yeah, so that's it. anyways, uh, yeah, another month later, I, I stewed about that. And then a month <sighs> later, he, uh, I got the, the acceptance letter oh, and it was a whole, God. it was a whole different, like Sheridan was so different back then. Right. It oh was, yeah. Like it was, it was much smaller than it is now. And, um, it was yeah. none of the big studios existed, right. Nope. That, that didn't happen until the year I graduated. It was, it was yeah. my graduating year that they opened DreamWorks. Exactly. And and it was like things. the gold rush and they were hiring up like just as many shared students as they could at the time. Cause I know I remember That's the true. years right before me, like, you know, the, the, you know, Darren Donovan and like uh, PG Parsi, all those guys, they yeah. all disappeared to go to DreamWorks. So they go down, they went down to the, a lot of them got hired at like square Enix. Remember they opened up the place in, um, in Hawaii. Remember that? Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they opened Hawaii. an office, a studio in Hawaii, and they grabbed wow. a whole pile of people from that one year. It was it was seriously like the gold rush for a while there, but it was like great timing right after you graduate. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So the year I went, like some guys went from my year um, down to work on um, a lot of the new CG stuff. So like Star Wars Episode One and uh, Jumanji and all of that, right? So I had classmates who who left to go do that sort of thing, and uh, yeah, and I ended up. Hanging out in Toronto. I didn't. It was that day where we did the assessments, or we did the big screening, and all the yeah. all the studio execs were there. Then afterwards, they all write their. It's like a call sheet, right? All the lists are up on the wall. Yeah. The studios would write down who they wanted to see. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't on any. I wasn't on any lists, but one. And uh, and it was some guy from a studio in Berlin, and he had his own studio, and and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna. Do my best to impress this guy. I mean, if I go to Berlin, I go to Berlin. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Did that happen? I went, I went in and met with him in in the okay. the in the sweat box at mm -hmm. Sheridan, and he said, "I'm sorry, man. I don't have any work for you. I just want to meet the guy who made that effed up film." <laughs> <laughs> and then he shook my hand, oh, and that man. was it. And I'm like, "Okay." So okay. I went and lived in, like I went and lived in now my girlfriend's what? basement apartment for a summer, oh, and applied man. to every place I could. 
every 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 studio in town i just kept applying and and that was wow. before you know it sounds extra old but it was before online stuff you had yeah. to actually go pound the pavement and That's knock right. on doors and yep. hand and in a portfolio there, and ask for a, a test. gatekeeper or you know like the so there'd be the receptionist and then you'd say hey can i talk to the recruiter like how did that work yeah i would i would i would phone and ask and see if there was someone available to if, if anyone was hiring in any department and who i should forward stuff to um i popped by one of the first places i worked at was a, was a great spot called animation house and they've yes. done a, they lots of great tv commercials and stuff and uh so i popped by there and <laughs> i remember going in and they handed me a test they were looking for in-betweeners and and cleanup artists and i they gave me a test and it was like I think it was Wiley Coyote or something. And all I had to do oh, was yeah. clean it up and in between it. So I took it home, cleaned it up in between it, brought it back the next day. And I showed up and I, and I go and the door's locked. But I hear all oh, this noise, like this big okay. music. It's like, he's here, quick, close the doors. And it's <laughs> the middle of summer. They're having their summer their summer barbecue party oh, in the backyard of, of the place. So I go around the, where I hear the noise and I, I'm banging <laughs> on the gate and it's just here music. And someone comes to the gate and says, uh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here to drop off a test. I've got a test. I'm here to drop off a test. Oh, oh okay. Um, here, just give it to me. But they didn't open the gate. I had to roll it up and shove no. it. No. <laughs> so I rolled it up and shoved it through the hole. And then I got a call the next day, and, and I started working the next week. And I was only there a few weeks. They just needed someone to. They needed right. people. They needed bodies to get the commercials done. Right. Right. And it was you would do three drawings. We everything was done in dockets, and you do three drawings on one commercial. Well, the animators animating. He's only animated the first mm. half of his shot, but he mm. needs they need it out by three. So yeah. he takes his first three keys and hands them off to someone who runs them downstairs to the basement. And oh, I'm man. Working, literally working under the stairs. I do Hot the three in-betweens. The and then it gets run back upstairs. It, it was it it's was crazy. Ridiculous. It's funny because people yeah. just don't know. Like that that was what it was like. Like animation back then was like quite literally like it was all hand drawn. Like this is yeah. this is before digital ink and paint even. Like the people were still like painting cells at this point, and it was just like suddenly just a few years later things started transforming quite quickly but it, it it was just at that weird awkward timing that it was still done very 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 hands on. Yeah, everything. I mean, when I, my first gig at Nelvana was that same year. It was like that same summer. I moved yeah. from, I moved from Animation House and went and worked on another private, like a small production. Um, I got the job through one of my instructors at Sheridan. Maury White was there and he, he was directing a little project. So okay. he hired me and I was an animator <laughs> on that. But when I ended up at Nelvana, Nelvana on, when they were on Atlantic, actually had a commercial division called bear spots and they used to do tv commercials i remember that yes and so i my first job there was an in-betweener on sticking around when they were 60 second <laughs> uh, interstitials that were on back when they had cartoons on saturday mornings it was the cbs yeah. saturday morning cartoon thing yep and so i would go in to work on that but <laughs> because it was such a a mill um the desk i used was used as an ink and paint desk in the during the night shift so i would come in in the morning and my all my desk was covered in of cells course. and i had to take all the cells off the desk try to dry somewhere with wow. it, yeah. yeah oh yeah and i had to take them out so that i and I, I just remember the cells were for a burger king commercial for the magic school bus oh and yeah. the scene that was on my desk was all the kids wearing their 
their suits whenever they yeah. were they were in a submarine underwater yeah. yeah and they were all swimming and the suits all had badges and patches all over them of course okay. so a ton of line mileage all hand drawn every frame oh yeah and then a school of fish was swimming past them so all these <laughs> cells they were just like dozens of fish and water effects and everything oh man like uh, just literally just, hours and hours of work sitting there on hours your desk. and hours of work and they just left it there for me to to drop on the floor like, but God. it was it was all right and then and then i would i mean i needed this space because i was i was animating or, or doing cleanup and in between so mm -hmm. i needed all the shells and mm -hmm. cranking through all that stuff like crazy yeah it was it was fun back in it's bringing back, back the memories the man yeah. it's uh you know people what i tell people i i started in 2d and it's like people these days like students that i have when i tell them they just they seem such like a, such a foreign concept to them because it's just it's so different like now how like you can get access to information. It's so different by the way that you can get like mm -hmm. uh, the, the next job. Like it's just all these things. Everything's different now. It's yeah, everything is, so different. is different. Yeah. But just well, to put things into perspective. Sorry, Mark. Um, you know, no. you said uh, when you were applying, first of all, for that kind of um, the course and you had to catch the bus to Mississauga, like for people that aren't very familiar with Canada, how sort of far away was that? Was that mm. like, you know, 45 minutes, oh, an hour? Yeah, it was probably on just the city bus and the transfers probably about 45 oh, okay. minutes or so each. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't my normal routine. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for a routine, so I was used to the subways and everything. And so this was yeah. way out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's I, just. To put it in perspective, Mississauga is like because Toronto's obviously now the GTA and it, it absorbed Mississauga oh, right. and it absorbed a bunch of like other burbs around there. Mm -hmm. And so it was before that. And so that's why the subway wouldn't go out that way. You'd have to take a subway as far as you could. And you yeah. know what? Honestly, Toronto's subway system was always kind of poop when it came to uh getting like along that like the east west uh it's still kind of bad actually to be honest i got so yeah. confused when i was in toronto i'm like i have to buy this token or done then like i get these coins that i have to well, use it was i don't know they, they, they've changed that now it's all it's all been modernized now the coins okay. aren't even i don't think even a thing but but okay. the, the, they have a blur line which is like goes it goes east west but it's it's pretty a ways north so if you want right. to be anywhere near like the actual lakeshore yeah. um and you want to go oh, east yeah. west it's like forget about it yeah it's all yeah, street cars like and buses yeah that's it right. yeah. it could take yeah. a while it's a, it's a hike sure. for sure yeah yeah i just i sort of i brought that up because just to throw things into perspective how you would have had to have traveled right like the 45 minutes whereas these days it's all just online yeah, yeah. you just well, you just nowadays. click a button yeah i mean everything like i i was saying before we got on the call i haven't i feel like i haven't left this room in two years yeah. and uh it's because my job completely migrated in march when i was working at guru and when the world shut down we all came home and then two days later my entire workstation from the office landed in my desk like landed at my house and i just kept working from here and uh and uh three months ago i switched studios and uh the computer from Guru went back to back to Guru, and the computer from uh, Brown Bag Films showed up the same day. You know, it's uh, and and I haven't I haven't left. So absolutely everything is done this way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, back when when we were at Nelvana, I mean, what's I I just it's hard to uh, hard to believe that we did the things we did at the time when we were working as a design team, and you needed to do research for something. Like now, when you're designing something, you just Google it, and you pull your images, and you draw from reference. But yeah, there was no internet, and so our, re our reference department was a, a bookcase yep. and some bookshelves and old, old encyclopedias. 
and every magazine that was in print that had you know architectural digest all that stuff just stacks and stacks of books nothing was really cataloged properly and you just go and um you'd go and uh and dig wow. so uh yeah yeah i think yeah. when i was growing up i had a cartoony book that suggested keep a filing cabinet full of reference images and things like that you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's a uh, well, not not maybe not now, but it was a few years ago. It was keep a Pinterest page full of all of your, all of your <laughs> reference materials. <laughs> so I would set that up and just start pulling stuff and and uh, labeling it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, so, I think Brent's having some technical. Yeah, it seems like we're having some technical difficulties. Maybe uh, people in chat can let us know if uh, if there's anything playing up. It'd be awesome to sort of find out but uh, Brent's going to drop off for a couple of minutes and he'll be right back so I'm uh you know I'm, I'm curious Mark because I did sort of like yeah do a little bit of research and go through your your sort of history and it seems like you did kind of go from like designing props to storyboarding to doing as you were saying animation and in-betweening um yeah if you want to just have a chat about kind of that yeah I, I started I started in betweening, yeah. I, I really wanted to be an animator, mm -hmm. and uh, but you know the first gigs are cleanup artists or in betweeners, yep. and then uh, I got some animation jobs, so they were you know small, nothing nothing huge. Hey, Brent, okay. welcome back. I heard you guys, but I couldn't. You were frozen, so I don't know if what, was I there frozen for you. I had no idea. No, what no, you, you. No, there's a couple of times fine. Mark froze for me, but oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, chat seems to think it was okay. Okay, good. Sorry yeah. for that. Um, we, uh, yeah, so I, I did some animation and then I ended up at Nelvana doing design. Okay. And um, ended up going over to a place called Phoenix Animation, which was yeah. all the animation studios were sort of clumped together in the same part of the town. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and so I went over to Phoenix and they were working on TV shows and they had a, they had a, a feature or a movie special going that was, um, Mumphy, the little elephant thing. There was a mm. Mumphy film mm. going on that was neat. But they were also doing All Dogs Go to Heaven too, and so I got a job as a as a cleanup artist on that. So I was doing that. But at the same time, uh, Canuck and a few other studios got Space Jam, and so nice. everyone from Phoenix just like rats leaving a sinking ship, all oh, deserted. Yeah. And and I was I was stuck back, kind of holding. The fort doing cleanup and <laughs> this is yourself. the first time i've done it i've got no idea and we you know back then i i don't know what it's like now but the jobs don't exist anymore but we we, we were getting paid by the drawing you would get yeah. paid mm -hmm. by you get so many dollars for every drawing you did and they would give my job ended up being fixing the bad drawings the ones that had already been done and been paid for mm -hmm. once that now needed revisions so they weren't paying me even full price for the drawings but i had to do the, the hardest part and fix them up and uh and it was really really tough and i had a couple of great supervisors and finally they got fed up and they went over to work on space oh, jam no. 2 and then they said come on and so i went over with them and ended up over at uh over at canuck creations working on working on space jam and doing all sorts of like doing cleanup and in betweening and then effects like effects in betweening, so all of the all the highlights and shadows were all hand drawn, yep, that's right. That to make them look realistic. So you, yep. the animation would come in, you'd clean that all up, you'd in between all that, and then you'd go back over top of it and draw keys for 
the you know the the highlights, the shadows, the drop shadows, all of that. It was every 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 drawing had like five five layers yeah. of drawings on them. Yeah, I remember watching a, um, a short doco on Who Framed Roger Rabbit where they were doing that. So oh, it's yeah. amazing by Space Jam that was still sort of happening because there was a little bit of time in between those two. Yeah, it was down. still, and it was it was digitally, I think it was digitally painted. It was all scanned, but they needed the drawings right. to color. Yeah. So um, we would, uh, that's how that happened. And then I hung around there for a while. They got a couple other projects and it was, I was so excited by working on a feature because even though it was like All Dogs 2 is not a, <laughs> not an astounding film by any stretch, but it was still pretty cool to go to the movie theater yeah. and sit mm. and watch it and see your name for the first time. Scroll up that, that for sure. So it's like Facebook right? to post afterwards. Though, that's <laughs> right. That's it. It was just, yeah. And I mean, I remember when I worked the first thing, when I first worked on that sticking around interstitial, it was aired, it was 60 seconds long. And so you can imagine how long the credit roll is on a 60 second piece. It's like, whoop. And so, and they aired it at 6.30 in the morning because right. that's when cartoons started then. Yep. So I set my VCR I, and my alarm and I got up to watch the first episode just to see my very first screen credit. And I had to rewind it and pause it in order to see it because it went by so fast. Just the that's fact that way. you said setting your VCR brings back yes. so yeah. And hopefully you hit pause, you wouldn't have a static line yes, through your right. yeah. and through then, the thing. Yeah. So you try a few you times. Take out and your you Polaroid, your film camera, and that's take a right. photo of it. You can't just take that's a click right. with your with your phone. You would have had to take a, a picture with an actual film camera. Yeah, I, mean, I could have watched it on my phone. That's right. Yeah, on the disc camera, the old disc cameras. Oh god. I mean go get it processed with a white border. Oh the good um, old days. Yeah, and I mean speaking of what you reminded me when you said pause it and have that bar across it. When we worked on <laughs> after we did Space Jam, Anastasia came through. So we worked on Anastasia yeah. and that was yeah. there was no glory in that film because everything was there was so much rotoscope reference. Yeah. Everything was I mean, the Bluth studio was so um, tough on how accurate all those drawings had to be. And every pencil line had to be the same. And it was so fine. And so there's that, I don't know if you remember, but there's that huge opening musical sequence when everybody's leaving town, they're all loading the train and there's a yeah. snowstorm. And so I'm working on sequences where everybody's in winter coats and they're all running and dancing. And there's probably 30 characters in the shot. Yeah. And they, they have buttons on their coats and patches oh, yeah. on their elbows and laces on their boots and, and, and lots of lines. everything, lots and lots <laughs> of lines. And so there was a team of us. Um, we were, uh, you know, Brent, like we would, would have been Vittoria and yeah. uh, 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 that regular crew you were mentioning at the beginning. Yeah. We were all yeah. sort of at that studio. Yeah. And uh, so we were excited. We finally had all of this work done, worked on, slaved on these shots for weeks and weeks. And then we go to the theater and we see the scene play out and all of this work. And now there's the layers of snow. From snow, the, exactly. The snowstorm. <laughs> and then the, and the train, the train's there. The psh, All the steam comes out oh, of the yeah. train. Yeah. Completely obscuring like... everything we've done. Like none of our draw The drawings I had to do five times because the buttonholes weren't right. And yeah. you can yeah. never and you're just like FML, FML. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So it's, I don't know. It's one of those things you're just like, oh, okay. It's definitely a, a labor of love. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That was, uh, because back then, like Don Bluth, he was, um, he was jumping from project to project. He was, it was, he was driving things over at Fox animation studios, which is where Anastasia was made. And then they made yep. Titan AE. Um, yeah. actually John Hoffman was down there at, uh, at, uh, Fox there as well at the time. Um, 
right I think you probably you probably know john i do know um, john yeah yeah so he uh yeah so there was like everyone was down there but then that that eventually after tiny ae things kind of closed shop and then people all started migrating back north at least a lot of people did i mean you obviously yes. are one of them some some hung around um when Bluth moved to Arizona, right? He opened a right. studio in Arizona. So I know That's some right. people, but I mean, I did all my work. I did out of Toronto. Everything was, everything was here. Oh, okay. So, I, okay. No, I never, I never, I never left. I, <laughs> I ended up, Hardcore. I, um, yeah, I, I stayed around here and it was great. I mean, I got married not long after school. Um, okay. I got, I got married in 95 and then I started, I had my first kid in 1997. Oh yeah. So, then, so we were, you know, family man and yeah and, you were and, growing roots yeah I, and it was great because uh there were there was a nice great core of us here in the city who managed to work on all that stuff so i yeah i mean um to scott's question about about moving around or whatever i i went from i loved working on feature work but it was very it was very tough because it didn't pay well mm. and you'd be like we were i was over at yaza we're working on osmosis jones amazing picture to work on so beautiful drawings were great but then mourners wouldn't send scenes this week mm. or for two weeks yeah. and there'd be no now work like and yeah. the, what am i going to do i got diapers to buy right yeah so yeah yeah so even though i didn't want to go and draw toasters and wagons and hammers over at melvana it was a it was an hourly it was a paycheck it was a weekly job. paycheck yeah, exactly and exactly. and it and it and I had lots of friends who were there and who were happily yeah. sitting in their desks there. So um, I would go and work there as long as they would have me. Yeah. And then word would come back that there's a new feature in town. And, uh, you know, I would keep my eye on when my contract was up and I would make sure that things lined up and I would head out the door and go over to uh, over to Yowza. They shared a parking lot at the time with Melvana. So we would... I would be able to just, I took the same bus to work every day. I, I just went left instead of right to yeah, get in the door. Right. <laughs> so it was, it, it was all that close. All the studios were that close. So it was, wow. um, it was yeah, pretty great. It, I remember that it was kind of tricky back then because like you said, a lot of what would happen is these studios um, in Toronto or wherever that would actually get subcontracted, like essentially sequences to do. It was sort of like this sort of open-ended kind of thing. It wasn't like, we're going to send you this many shots. It was often like, okay, we're going to try to send you some stuff. But sometimes it would just roll in. There would be big gaps between the stuff would show up. And so yeah. like, it was very difficult to keep people at the studio because otherwise they would have a hard time making the bills paid. Absolutely. I think, I mean, we were really lucky when, it, when we worked at Canuck. When I was at Canuck, um, uh, Alan there, uh, worked a deal with Warner's when we finished Space Jam. He wanted because there was a possible play. We worked on um, Quest for Camelot. Came in yeah, that's that, right. right? That's and right. so we were waiting on Quest for Camelot, and uh, he didn't want to lose the team. There were some fantastic animators in the studio. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Jens Pindel and just some, yep. some amazing yep. guys. And he Mark needed Acklin to keep... was there. I think at the time too. Was uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think he came in. I, I don't think we ever worked together. At, at oh Canada. no. Okay. But, but, I, but I remember there was a pretty amazing team assembled there. There, at was, that a, there time was a great Cal team. Yeah, was was, around. yeah, it was a really good team, but the work was, mm -hmm. it didn't look like the work was going to come in. And, but Alan figured out a, a thing with them and said, you need to pay us a retainer to keep us oh. around for when mm -hmm. it happens. And so we were getting paid. 
and work didn't come in for nearly six months, I'd say. Really? And we, and so we showed up every day. Yeah, naturally. And, and we just practiced drawing and working on yeah. silly little things. Yeah. It might not have been a full six months without work, but I mean, it was essentially yeah. a six yeah. month period where we were getting paid. And if we had stuff to do that day or not, we sure. didn't know. And just looking back at that time, Todd Coffin and I just shake our heads thinking what waste, <laughs> how much time we wasted where we could yeah. have been trying Especially to move forward. Crew. You guys could yeah. put a short film together with that crew. Yeah, I think there was a stipulation because Warner Brothers was paying their yeah, salary, so we weren't allowed yeah. to make anything. But yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah. the fact that we didn't we didn't really take advantage of of uh, yeah. improving our skills or mm. or even just chatting about proper things. Instead, there was a pinball machine, and, <laughs> and someone had Minesweeper on the like the production manager had a computer with Minesweeper on it. So you <laughs> yeah. kick them out and play Minesweeper for twenty minutes. It, it was, uh, yeah, definitely a definitely a different time. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I think the it is trickier with feature stuff because when you're working on a feature, things change so quickly, right? Like entire sequences are done and then thrown out, and so for work not to come in for animation, it kind of makes sense because you're expecting a sequence to come in, but then the director or the studio, whatever, decides, no, we're going to rewrite. This entire act, so we're gonna have to reboard it all before you, yeah. before we animate it. So they would just stuff wouldn't show up. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a little. There were people were a little bit more hesitant. It was so costly to produce back then because if everything had to be hand done, and so um, I mean it's still expensive today. But there were, the perception at that time was like, there's no way we would send something out unless we know for sure it's gonna be in the film. It's like nowadays you work on a VFX film and it's like entire sequences oh are cut last minute, yeah. and yeah. it's like. You know, yeah. it's just it, it 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 that was much more rare back then. I found, and then what would happen is, like you said, you would just people would hold on and they, they wouldn't feed other studios because they just didn't want to do animation that they thought could get cut. You know, yeah. You know? There's no point spending the money, right? It's, yeah, uh, exactly. It's it's, it's so I, expensive. I'm wondering. So back. So before we get into like, because you you dropped Todd Kaufman's name. I mean, he's he was he's right. a he was a subject. He's he was a one of the usual suspects back then in that crew and you guys had a chance to like work together and, and there was a pretty, you guys went to school together too though, didn't you? No, I was a few years oh. ahead of him. Yeah. I was oh, okay. a few years ahead of him. We didn't meet until Phoenix animation. We were both working. Okay. On, and he was, he was friends with Troy and Victoria and Kai and yeah, that, yeah. Whole, that whole gang. Yeah, right? there was the same gang. yeah. Yeah. So, and the Donovans and all, all those, everyone kind of yeah. knew each other. So they were, they were there. I showed up. I was the new guy. Um, I would have lunch with them and we started working right. together. And then um, as I bounced around from studio to studio, uh, I sometimes end up at the same place as Todd. Right. And, uh, and he was working at, he worked at Canuck with us. Uh, we were together on, he was there for Space Jam and for um, Quest, hmm. I'm pretty sure. And then um, he was back at Novana and then uh, he was at Novana for quite a while. And then I was in and out of, Yowza and Melvana, and we ended up working together. I was he was my supervisor on Baba Margaret, and oh, uh, yeah. he was he was design soup on that. And I was doing, I was cleaning up his drawings and uh, working in a different office. And um, we ended up, uh, you know, we were friends from before. Having you know, we would, everyone would go. The, the thing that was funny was we we'd all go golfing. It was because uh, there was a, a really cheap golf course. Uh, not that far away, and we would all go in Toronto? And for yeah, Scarlet oh, yeah. Woods out, out in the out yeah. in, like right downtown in the okay. 
in the West End, and it was okay. a it was a tiny. I'm sure it's still there. It was a tiny little executive course. Everything was par three. One of the one of the holes was so short. I'm sure you could throw the ball from the tee and get it on the green. <laughs> and, and it was really weird that that was the the hobby that we found because we so we did that all together. So sorry. So that was like so Todd and Troy and all these guys. We would go and yeah, go yeah, play yeah. some golf. That's but um, that's that's the sort of thing we did. But Todd and I would leave. He would leave drawings for me. We we didn't often bump into each other during the course of the day with different meetings or what have you. And so he would leave drawings on my desk that need to be cleaned up and he'd leave a post-it note and there'd usually be some silly cartoon or a, yeah. a funny saying or whatever. And yeah. then I would yeah. counter with another when I handed right. it back in. And we, right. we developed this weird, we were sort of writing love letters to each other. You yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it was. And so <laughs> we, ended, we realized we had this great uh, relationship where, where we had the same sense of humor yeah. and, uh, and really got along creatively doing that and it was something that we just sort of we wrote a bunch of silly little poems hmm. that were sort of cautionary tales and oh, yeah. uh and um with the intention of publishing them in a book or something sure. i don't know so yeah. we were we were just sort of doing that and uh that kind of sparked every sparked the start of us yeah, working yeah. together as a collaborative yeah. team yeah and uh yeah and then we ended up working together more regularly at nelvana um, right. Even if we weren't on the same show, we were sitting on this in the same yeah the same area, a couple desks apart. Yeah, yeah. We would always have lunch together. And, a small and world over in Atlanta. It was a pretty big company yeah. with lots of people there, but it's like everybody knew each other. Yeah. It wasn't that big? Yeah, yeah. It was. Well, all the artists knew each other. Yeah. I mean, there was there's definitely there was definitely a more of a. I mean, at one point when I was working on sticking around, we were in a building with no managers. Like it was all the artists were just in a, a completely built own building. We were all by ourselves. There wasn't a bunch really of artists. Any, what could bunch possibly of artists. Wrong? Yeah. I mean, Clive Smith, Clive Smith had an office at the end of the hall. So that was cool. Mm. But everybody else was just sort of, we were all working on our shows and the producer would yeah. pop in to see how we were doing, but the producer was in another building. So, That's so funny. it was, yeah, it was a pretty crazy spot. It was, wow. a, it was a lot of fun. So before we transition to the next sort of, you know, the next, next chapter where you and, um, you and, um, Todd joined forces to create Neptune, um, I just wanted to just make sure that we take a second here to appreciate some of the highlights though of like some of the some of the shows you worked on that you really like these are going to be very nostalgic for for you okay. some some people that are listening in here aren't even going to have ever heard of these things like sticking around is a good example and it was funny before that we before we were streaming we were talking about how it turned out that I was actually doing some character design back when Mark was actually animation director on that show and so there was you know it's funny that we were working in different studios I was over at Canuck Creation and he was over at Nelvana at the time um but like what like if you like because you you dropped a bunch of really cool names that are very nostalgic for me and i'm sure people that are kind of somewhat um up to speed with the kind of animation history um will, will recognize some of the, the shows like bob and mark is another one that's very mm -hmm. iconic so like w which ones really stick out in your mind that, that shaped you i think is as far as like what you do today oh um i think the one that really really opened my eyes was uh i was lucky enough to work on clone high oh you got to work on that yeah i did so, not know that yeah so clone high was probably it was just so good right it, uh, it, yeah. it's yeah. so well written so the scripts well written. were hilarious and so the guy who was the guy who was directing it at the time had uh i was sort of the only one working with him originally and helping with 
doing design and putting together design packs. We had a small crew. At, when we finally were in production, we had a small crew at Melvana. The show was being written and officially directed by Chris and Phil down mm -hmm. in LA, but Melvana yep. was a production partner in it. Yep. And so the work was produced up here in Toronto, but really the brains of the creative were there. I mean, all the writers were uh, mad TV writers, all the actors yep. were mad TV actors, you know, it was really great. And guest stars, like the guest star voices were, you know, Marilyn Manson and Michael oh, yeah. Fox. And it was just like, hey, it was Jack Black. cameos. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was ridiculously great. And so <laughs> after coming from working on stuff like, you know, Little Bear and Franklin. <laughs> yeah, and, that's right. You know, and it's it where like it's mostly preschool and, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. And then to yeah. to read a script that has you like sincerely laughing your ass off. It, yeah. it was just so great. So that, uh, and I mean, um, the director at the time kind of let me, it was the first time I got to see something beyond my little pigeonhole. I was sitting there receiving, receiving blue pencil drawings, putting a marker line on them and handing them out. This was the first time I got to see a little more, mm. you know, behind the curtain. And I really appreciated that at the time. And that's something I try and do now with the people I work with when I'm directing things. Right. I try and the people who are showing the excitement and the energy and really want to be involved in it. It's like, yeah, you, you give them a little more, you yeah. show them how it's done and then they get even yeah. more excited and want to do more work. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I would say as far as, as far as comedy writing goes, just being part of that production, right. I had such a minimal part in the show. I mean, I, I, I was designing, but okay. the real designs were coming in. Mike Moon was doing backgrounds. You know, it, it's uh, just the, the the talent that was the, the stuff that was coming out of LA was so mm. so great. And just to yeah. so I was doing incidental characters and cleaning yeah, sure. up characters and doing putting together the mouth charts and all of that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. But that's and, actually uh, a perfect place to be, though, because I mean, because you your job is to break down and reverse engineer the sort of the the thinking, the recipes behind these designs, so you could actually create <laughs> and think like them, right? Yeah. Well, that that was it because the show was so different from anything else that had been done. It was very flat, very graphic. Everything else up that we worked on in the studio up until then was all, you know, traditional three quarter down perspective you know, round, cute characters, all that kind of stuff. And Clone High was very brutalist. Everything was very flat, flattened out, stretched perspective, just completely different. And now commonplace, right? But at the time, it was so unique. And a lot of people couldn't get their brains around it and thought that the yeah. stuff looked really ugly. But it was it was very, very enlightening. And so I, I, had, a, I had a really great, I had a really great experience with it. And um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have, a bunch of I still have a bunch of stuff from it. I've got I have like a, a test painting from oh, it hanging yeah. on my wall. Yeah, and uh, a crew T-shirt from like a oh, Clone nice. High track team T-shirt, wow, nice. and so uh, yeah, and some some original some original drawings stuff that would have like my cleanups and that kind of stuff. Because yeah. everything we did, you would do, you'd photocopy it. And, and the photocopies would go in a binder, and the binder would go. And then the yep. originals would probably just go in the trash. Yep. And so, uh, oh, so man. they, yeah. they didn't. They, they didn't always go in the trash. Some, like the ones some that really the trash can, and they ended yeah. up on your wall. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, I would say that, I mean, that, that show was great to work on, but then having my own shows, those were great, too. Sure. <laughs> those yeah. were, well, I mean, those yeah. were a lot of fun for completely different reasons, right? 
a, a good um, kind of transition there, you know, like going into sort of your own shows. Is this kind of like going into Neptune Studios from these sorts of shows? Or? Yeah, well, the Neptune Neptune is uh, the IP company that Todd and I created. It's the, the whole company is me and Todd. It's not, and it's yep. not, I mean, with studios in the name, people think that it's a, it's a building yeah. and a company. And like literally teams, two but, dudes. But yeah. it's literally <laughs> two dudes. It's just, yeah, I think the address is still like, it's my home address. If you Google it or whatever, it's, it's that kind yeah. of thing. It's like, it's not, a, it's not, it's not, well, <laughs> you need to do an incorporation because you're, you're generating IPs. Well, essentially. Here's what it is. We're generating IPs. Yeah. We were making, we were, um, and we needed a way to kind of, yeah, you had to, you had to have an owner of, yep. of, of the property. So yep. we were, um, we were doing, uh, at the time, based on this little back and forth that Todd and I were doing as writers, like with each other, just writing this silly stuff, um, we were coming up with lots of ideas for shows. Hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And we would come up with all these these fun ideas for for things we wanted to make. And um, Nelvana had um, put together. Well, actually, we had wanted to pitch ideas around, and I can't remember. I'm a little foggy on the timeline of things, whether Nelvana wanted something and Todd and I pitched something first. Yeah, that's what, exactly what happened. Nelvana, Nickelodeon had reached out to Nelvana saying, as they say every year, we want another SpongeBob. And right. that's what they've been doing for 30 years, wanting another yeah. SpongeBob. And so Todd and I had just had this idea for this show that we wanted to make. So we had done, yeah. we'd been doing, we'd done a write-up, we'd developed characters, we'd written premises, we'd, you know, just on our own, we would write and I would share with him and we'd, we'd edit and change change the work and um so this notice came down from from above that they wanted someone to pitch internally a new show to compete with spongebob nickelodeon wanted it so okay. over the weekend todd worked and put together this crazy beautiful one sheet with uh characters and synopsis and everything it was, it was nice and he had it printed at staples or whatever kinko's it was all nice and glossy and he showed up to work really early that morning like before <laughs> anybody else and he and he went around with the stack of them and he slid them under all the producers doors and stuffed them in their mailboxes Smart, like the, man. The, right and he just he dropped it all off and at the bottom he, he it had a different name for the company that we had didn't have a company it was just sort of he came up with this other this other name and that was stenciled at the bottom and then yeah mark and todd productions yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a, original he he just said i think he had a He'd either said that it was, he either gave the extension to the phone for where his desk was on a post yeah, that, or, yeah. I don't know how it was, but anyways, by nine o'clock, once everyone was in, he had the first call and oh, we man. got, we got called up and they said, we think this is great. They passed it around. We think it's really good. You actually have a call with Nickelodeon. We're going to pitch this to Nickelodeon. You've got to come in and, and pitch this. And we're like, well, we've never pitched anything before. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. So we're we're having this discussion, and we're saying, and I just I just remember it, the producer who was there was, was Cynthia Taylor. I don't know if you ever worked with with Cynthia, but I, she, the, she the rank the name the, name, the name's familiar. Yeah. So it was it was in her office, and she'd said to meet her at a certain time because we we're going to do this call with LA. And it was probably like a, it wasn't the same morning. It might have been a day or so after, but whatever. Anyways, Todd and I are, are walking up to her office. We're going up the stairs and we're saying to each other, so what do we do if they're asking for notes and changes and everything? And we're both like, well, we, we understand that they really respect artists who stand up for what they believe in and they want the creators with a strong vision and they really want to do this, want to do that. And we just have to be, so we, we you know, 
fist bumped and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to hold strong. <laughs> we're going to be tough. That. And we go walking into Cynthia's office and we're standing there in front of her desk and she dials up and gets the oh, execs from Nickelodeon so on the phone. So and, nervous. And, and, and we just, uh, and they come on and say, yeah, great guys. We were looking at your, looking at your property and it looks really great. And it sounds really fun. And we like the storylines and everything. We just have a one concern with this, uh, the design of the main character. Um, <laughs> He's a little too yellow and square. <laughs> what do you, what do you, you know, we'll need to change that, right? We, yeah. What do you think about changing that? So Todd and I, like, of course, it's just over the phone. We look at each other and we're like, what do we do? It's like, no, we got to be strong. Be strong. Oh, so, no. oh, so, so we said, I love it. We, we really think that this is the character and that's who he's supposed to be. And we're really, we really believe in, in this design. And, and this is really, you know, this is our show and this is what we want to yeah. do. Yeah, and yeah. she said, "Well, good luck with that then. Thanks, oh. guys." Click and hung up the phone, and and oh. Cynthia on the other side of the desk, her eyes were like, "What the what hell happened? did you?" Do? <laughs> <laughs> and there was no calling them back. There was no getting it back. No. It was dead. It was. It was like it, it was, was very right clear there. that yeah. go after yourself. But, yeah. So we completely screwed ourselves. Holy but that was shit. that was the very first time. And so from then on, we were like, "I think there's a." Yeah. There's a line. There's a wiggle room. Yeah, there's, there's a little about blurry there's, line. There's a little wiggle room. Like, sorry. You oh wanted my to God. Put something completely different? Yeah, we, we can do that. So uh, I think I think when they don't know who you are, you, uh, when they don't, yeah, when they don't know who you are, they're less likely to. That's right. If, if you're established, like if yeah, you were then, Stephen Hillenberg, yes. they would just give you whatever. Here, here's some more money, make another show. Exactly. And that's kind of the way it is. So the the biggest thing is to kind of establish yourself and build yep, reputations yep. with networks yep. and broadcasters and streamers yep. and yep. all of that yep. and try and get in. But um, did yeah, that idea yeah. ever go anywhere? Like, did you ever revitalize it's, it? Into it has it has resurfaced time oh. and time again. It has been pitched. It has been oh, pitched no. everywhere. <laughs> we like, have, it's like the. the this is our this is our baby. It won't die. Yeah, it's <laughs> just actually around forever. We we honestly have well over twenty properties that we were pitching okay. actively for actively, years. Okay. And, and, and the wow. thing was, the the thing is, everything moves in waves, and some networks, some places, aren't interested in setting trends. They like to follow yep. trends. So yep. something was something's popular. They want to make a copy of it, mm. but. By the time, because it takes about three years, by the time you've made that, that thing yep. that they were trying to chase is long gone and, and forgotten or dead or yep. whatever, right? Yep. And um, yeah, so so that's why this property has resurfaced because suddenly they're interested in that style of show again. Or, that's right. And all you do is you make a few tweaks to it, right? You sit down and you yep. say, okay, well, maybe, yeah, we need to, maybe we need to put more action in it or you know do we Maybe change it all to animals more like a, an orange triangle instead of a Maybe an orange square. triangle. yes people yes. are in orange triangles today yes so I and so so that so that kind of stuff is um yeah kind of kind of what we did moving like moving back and forth from from different ideas like research recycling i uh different show ideas and getting them around so, so which was yeah. the first one that landed mm. so the first one that landed was uh, then they off they had this contest this uh thing that they were doing a show called sidekick it was an internal not sidekick okay. yeah uh fun fun pack 
Oh, fun, fun pack. pack yeah. Fun pack was the thing where everybody had to, they, they were asking people for ideas. And so, yeah. um, because Todd and I had fun with this thing, and then a few other buddies had had ideas for things, we decided to form a group together and all nice. roll our ideas together and try and pitch them. And we all met at a guy's house, and there was a group of seven or eight of us. And we all talked about uh, what we were going to do and how we were going to assemble. And we all went as a big group. We got a meeting at Breakthrough <laughs> Entertainment, actually. And we all went and pitched a bunch of ideas. We put all of our ideas in a big binder. Sure. And we went in. And the team of us pitched, here's a whole bunch of ideas. And if any one of them get picked up, all of us are going to work on it. That was the idea. Smart. And we called, yeah, it, and we called ourselves we called ourselves Neptune. That was the group of guys, right? Okay. And then after that first meeting and nothing happened, everybody else just... Just thought, right? <laughs> and the, only, the only two who stuck around were Todd. Uh, right? It's funny. I no we're just like we're just like okay. And then there were only two. And then there were two, and yeah. we were the only one. And we we just kept doing it. I mean, we yeah. we would work our day jobs and then work at night just writing right. and Pitches developing. Them. Yeah. So when it came to when it came to this um, uh, fun pack thing at uh, Nelvana, we pitched a couple of things. Todd landed two shows and the idea was to, oh. they would do five, five minute shorts. So everybody would get a 25 minute episode. And or the idea was like, they were, they would be budgeted for one half yeah. hour essentially. Yeah. And it, they'd this be split up into fives. Was and, it so that they could sort of test market it or something like that? Is that basically well, the idea, how it worked? Or? Yeah. The show, the show, yeah, it was, it was the, I, they presented it as a contest. And so they, okay. they would, it was scheduled for, I can't remember. We worked on it for about a year, maybe a year. And then, the show was called the show was called Fun Pack. It would be on TV and it would be five episodes, five different shows. So it'd be an episode of a show that Todd and I had, then an episode mm -hmm. that he had with Joey So, and then um, uh, there, there were just a, a whole bunch of creators who had, had made these shows. So they would show yeah. them all and then people would vote. It was the first time there was online voting. Stuff, yeah. Wow. Right. So they were yeah. having trouble figuring that out. And so the premise was at the end of it, whoever got the most votes was going to get greenlit to go to series. That's so cool. And it didn't happen. We watched them all and none of them, none of them got greenlit. So none they of them. just, no, they didn't greenlit. Even, even though they, they were, there was votes coming in from the public, they just yeah. still were like, you know what? No. It, it wrapped up and they said, congratulations, the Mighty Bee or not the Mighty Bee. Um, it was, it was, an, it was a show about, about a bee. Wasn't the mighty bee, but it that show officially won. Yeah, but uh, nothing happened with it. And now Todd had Todd had um, made the show Sidekick with uh, with Joey, and um, that show Joey So, Joey so and then um, Todd had in in his contract it was reverting back to him. The like he was he was keeping track of the date for when. The show rights were going to revert, and um, he was the only one clever enough to make sure that was in his contract. Everybody else had kind of signed them all away, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when time was up for it, he just said to them, "Listen, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to start shopping this around. Just want to let you know that your time, your rights to it are gone, and we're going to, we're going to try and present it somewhere." And they said, "Well, no, no, we own it." And he said, "No, no, here's the contract. We, we, I own it." And they said, "Oh, you're right. Hang on a second. And then they greenlit it and put it in the series, no and, it went way. Two, and it went two seasons on YTV, and uh, and it was so, it was great. So that advice that from sense. from from that producer did actually pan out in the end. To be firm, be and to firm. like you know, yeah, that's right. That's right. 
That's yeah, right. That's all you so, need to do. Step up. Yeah. So so Todd worked. Todd got to Todd got to do that, and I can't remember where I was at the time. But that I, I think I, I was back and forth on again out to a feature studio and then back to yeah. back to Nelvana, and um, and then we. After, yeah. So what happened was after we finished, that's what happened. After we finished the, after we finished the fun pack series and we had so much fun, I wrote, directed, storyboarded, designed, built our, our show was called ninth life of Sherman Phelps. And it was mm -hmm. about a cat who had, um, pissed away his first eight lives and didn't know it, that he only had one life left mm -hmm. and the eight lives are ghosts living in limbo right. and they can't get, <laughs> they can't get to heaven until they get the ninth life so they've got to try and kill they've got to, they've got to kill the cat oh that's so genius in heaven so that was that was the premise and his best friend and the rules we made up were the cats can't they couldn't commit suicide they couldn't kill him right they had to do it another way so his best friend was a big rat and they would possess the rat mm. to cause the rat to kill him so that, that was the basic premise they were silent shorts, you know, just with mm -hmm. music. They didn't yeah. turn out awesome. That was 15, 16 years ago, but it was our mm -hmm. first real kick at, at directing and, and all of okay. that. And mm -hmm. so long story short, that's impossible. When that finished and we had done all that work, including scoring and everything, the whole package, we learned everything about making a show, voice directing, the, the whole works. Yeah. Not that there were voices in that one, but the other ones that Todd did. We got to see the whole production. Yeah, you got you were exposed to the whole yeah. thing. It's, you know how sausage is made it. now. Yeah. That's it. And it was exactly what I wanted to do when I got out of college, right? That's exactly oh, this okay. is it. So you finally I, tasted I, it. I, I, right? I'm thinking of things. I'm coming up with a world. I'm putting them out there. Yeah. The fart jokes I'm making are now on television. <laughs> you know, it's it's if that hopefully kind of laughing thing. with them. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you go back, it's all wrapped. I go back to the studio and they say, Okay, you're back in that cubicle and you're drawing hammers yeah. and potatoes. And you're and, just like, wow. and I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. I, there's See no way the other I can side. Do it can't put the toothpaste I, back in the in the bottle anymore it's yeah that's out. it Forget so it. we ended up we we then started our plan mm. <laughs> to get out of there and mm. find a way and so we we ended up going over to through a series of fortunate events ended up going over to work at elliot animation mm. um to work on um a series called yin yang yo oh yeah yeah and it was uh and that was a lot of fun and we went to um we went and worked on that and that was todd and mark ackland were co-directing it and i was design supervising in on that and with the idea of us going over to work with them we did another project for george beforehand okay. we had george had landed some some other development thing and it was the it was the ticket to get us out of the door at nelvana we couldn't just leave nelvana yeah. without a job we yeah. were planned on quitting. We'd written our resignation letters. We just hadn't handed them in. And mm -hmm. then, then, uh, that was the catalyst. We went over to talk to George, who worked one street over to all the buildings touched. That's right. We just, the same we just area, went over the there. Carpet factory area, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. And so we, we ended up in there working on, um, this little thing that we wrote and Todd designed. We wrote and directed and, uh, had animated, um, and, we did a, we really enjoyed it. We really cut our teeth on it and had fun. And then we ended up working on, um, we did the yin yang yo thing 
and then they got this thing called Camp TV that yes. uh, they were trying to work on. And that was what turned into Total Drama Island. Island. Exactly. And so the, our deal was, we will do this one thing if we get to direct that thing. Okay. And so, oh, so that was the very first thing we directed was uh, seasons one and two of Total Drama. Oh, and that was and that was so much fun because we didn't know what we were do we having never directed really the episodic series anything yeah, yeah. beyond the five minute format mm. um probably one was, of the reasons uh, it was so fresh you know and if you think about it right like it was because you were just trying stuff like you there was probably like a let's just try it attitude right like because uh, i mean it did well, feel like it was it was pretty freaking fresh yeah i mean I mean, we certainly didn't write the episodes and we certainly didn't create the show. Um, we yeah. were, the thing was at the time we were, we were bloggers too, right? Blogging was a thing. Everyone was on these, on these, on these, uh, behind the scenes blogs. So we were, mm. we were tracking everything we were doing as we were working on the show and we couldn't publish anything until an episode had aired, but we were, yeah. We were developing a, a fan base and uh, yep. and getting really excited about it and and um, as the shows were going, we were still in production when it was airing and the reactions from the fans were starting to influence our choices mm -hmm. in how we were making the show, um, at least directorially and visually and that sort of stuff. So that was that was a lot of fun. That's and actually. Then it, it crazy because that's like no one that was unheard of like it was we were kind of almost playing with a new model yeah that it kind was, of interactivity between the fan base and the show i'm sure that would have uh that 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 that, that doesn't feel like it was happening a lot before then yeah and, and i had even made i'd even made a, a blogger page that was keeping track of who was getting voted out because i was in a survivor pool when i was at Nelvana, right and i ran the website or the the the, the pool and i would i would post all the stuff and, and collect everybody's money and all that kind of stuff right uh -huh. when we would and uh, so i sort of transferred that over and i would just sort of share on our blog you could see as as different characters are getting and of course we knew the whole we'd written the whole thing right we we're in the writer's mm -hmm. room for when the entire series was was arced so we knew what was going to happen so it was it was interesting to try and, and and keep that going and the the fans of course were right into it because uh, oh, yeah. it was very much like survivor and they were yeah. invested and even even teletune did um, a big, I can't remember if it was the first or second season that they did a special. We actually, um, we actually animated two endings because when it gets down to the final two, we animated oh. each the, the final two actually winning. So we wow. have there's a version of each. Huh. So they were deciding, they were deciding when who was actually going to win it on the at the last at the last second, trying to keep it oh, secret. Man. Yeah. And, was, yeah, and I think the second season might have actually had votes from the audience to decide who was going to win. And I remember there were T-shirts with, with the that's vote, so cool. What team they were on? Anyways, that was that was a lot of fun. And through that, our connections with the network, just as directors, yep, um, were strengthened because we were de dealing directly with with client yep. notes, with director yep. notes, and so we developed a pretty good relationship. And then they asked us to pitch, right? And so. So then we had an in and we pitched and that's how we got um, GarageBand yep. going. So they, 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 we started working on that and that was, that was so much fun. Yeah. Because that was, that was, you know, was our own yours. original. Yeah, it, it, exactly. was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was ours. It was the, it was the only, yeah, it was, it was, everything was coming, coming out of our heads and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was, that was so much fun. I, I really, 
I really miss working on that show. <laughs> and that was that's 15, 15 years ago, maybe. Yeah, it's a while ago now. It's a while ago. Yeah, it's a while ago. Wow. Anyways, time to bring that, it back. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> How many seasons did it go for? It 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 just went. Uh, it's kind of like two. Yeah, because I remember it was more really, than one. I just okay. But right. it's not really. It depended on the network, the way it was. Okay. The way it was set up, it's really only. It, it's a lot of episodes for one season. I, I, it was it was weird the way it was the way it was stripped on the networks um, because it was running on Cartoon Network in the States at the same time when it was running up here in on Teletoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my brain's still foggy about all of that. What, it, what, why did it, what was the reasoning for it not to be continued? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of, I have my, don't opinions. say anything. You don't feel Todd like saying, a, I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. Todd has his opinions. I have my opinions. There's a okay. lot of, there's, there's a, when the, uh, there's a tendency for networks that buy, that get acquisitions hmm. not to support the shows as fully wow. as shows that they're paying full price and producing themselves. Okay. So if, Cartoon Network, our show was not a Cartoon Network original property. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a Teletoon show. Yeah. Um, Cartoon Network, if Cartoon Network's not interested in promoting it as much or spending the money on a second season, then a big chunk of the budget isn't there. Yeah. And, uh, and so Teletoon's not going to be able to foot the bill for the whole thing. Oh, and so it yeah. sort of dies. And I mean, we think that it had a huge ratings following there's still millions of views on youtube it's still alive there yeah. are still people who ask me about it regularly yeah. Yeah. um but uh yeah i mean it's just and, and to be honest we yeah so there's a little bit of politics a little bit of economics i guess yeah we don't own it anymore either like i mean we we sold it to fresh yeah. elliott's when like when we, when we made it with them so we don't personally own it so we can't just revamp it yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And, it, and I don't know if people know how expensive it is to make a cartoon, like a season, a season of more than people a, would think yeah, more than, more than people would think a, yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it, an average season is somewhere around 10 million bucks. Right. So, so not everybody has that. <laughs> I no, would venture. No. Nobody has that. So that's why there's so many, that's why it's hard to keep things running because there are so many, in order to get something made, so many um, people have to chip in, and yep. you need you need uh, uh, you just need you just need a lot of people to to commit to it. You need a lot of commitments, and everybody wants a little piece of something or other, and so you've got to yeah. portion yeah. off this kind of yeah. rights. And then now that everything's online, well, you've got to, if it's going to be broadcast, you're not allowed to air it online for a certain amount of time, and then you've got yep. to geofence it and only show it here and then it exactly. really is a headache it yeah the more people you you need the people like multiple parties to jump in to so you have so you have the cash flow but then every every party comes in with their own needs and stipulations and it starts to become become very complicated i would imagine yeah yeah and and, and that's not that is not my lane i do mm. not I'm <laughs> no thank you <laughs> yeah and, and i mean and that's probably show and leave me alone. yeah you know and it's unfortunate it's probably one of my one of my bigger regrets would be not having that kind of uh, 
that amount of interest in what needs mm. to what needs to happen. I'm right, and uh, yeah, so things things don't go as far if I don't know what to do. Right, right? I, I guess yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, there was just so much involved with that, and and then our next show was our next show that we did was was looped, and that yeah. was a show on YTV, and that was the that was um, something that did okay. I don't know that the ratings were awesome, and that it didn't get picked up for another season. That was our that was what we were associated with the with DHX, which is now okay. Wild Brain. Yep, right. So we were there. We were there for a few years. When we were there, develop. We came over. Neptune itself was their development team for, for a while. We had a we had a an exclusive, okay. um, first look deal with them, and we okay. we worked all the time making shows for them, developing stuff, and pitching to them on a on a monthly basis. So our, where does that bring well, us now? Because I mean, it just sounds like mm-hmm. you've like been like you've 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 done it now. Like you're you're you've at the point now where you're able to pitch a show, you're able to get it out there and even direct it. So like, what do you find yourself doing these days? Well, these days we're sort of guns for hire. We're we are directing other people's shows. Okay. In a very, you know, with a lot of creative input, we went yeah. over to, um, in the time between finishing up with Looped. Um, we moved over and worked on a couple of, we worked on a, a, a feature. I mean, I was doing storyboards on a feature and Todd was okay. doing art direction and design development. Um, uh, and uh, then um, we got hired to go over and direct at uh, Guru, which was okay. so amazing. We went in and, and worked. They were doing um, True in the Rainbow Kingdom was getting a fourth kind of uh, season. It was a weird wow. setup where they wanted music videos and um, other specials. And so Todd and I wrote and uh, directed um, a bunch of music videos for them and then uh, hung around and did a bunch of specials for it okay. that are all on Netflix now and CBC Gem and all that fun stuff. And from there, we did uh, a couple development projects in-house for them, and then did a show, directed a preschool show for them called uh, The Pickwick Pack that's on Disney Junior, and like, it's currently on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that wrapped uh, in August. Okay, August so recently. September, recently, that wrapped. And we're over at... Um, at Brown Bag Films right now together working as a directing duo again on a yet to be on a yet to be named series. Okay. That we're not allowed to talk about until it finally gets made. Yeah, I know that. I know that drill. <laughs> right? Isn't that fun? Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah, no one knows what you're fun. doing. You can't tell yeah, them yeah. what you're doing. No, you, no. You're, the the most fun is when you're on something, something you, when you're doing something that nobody knows about, you're not allowed to talk about it, and then it eventually fizzles out, and then so nobody will ever know what you nobody will <laughs> through your user life. That's the best. Yeah. I love this. That, 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 is, that is the best. It's the yeah. it's the dead, the dead, dead show pile. So mm-hmm. many of them. Yeah, so many. So uh, Mark, we've probably got about 15 minutes left. We like to leave a bit of space for a QA um, at the end. So if anyone in chat has any questions uh, for Mark and his journey and career and what he's up to, uh, feel free to drop them now. Um, Mark, I've kind of got one thing that I wanted to just ask you. And just for people out there that might be wanting to pitch their own ideas, uh yeah i've got some friends uh, working in studios the studio has like a pitch club you know so you you have this idea you have this amazing idea 
<laughs> How do you do it? <laughs> you know? Okay, so the first pitch I told you about was yep. printed double-sided slit under doors. Yeah. Um, uh, GarageBand was a one-paragraph email that shows mm -hmm. about this that was sent to the network. They said, what yep. do you want? Um, uh, another one was literally a doodle on a post-it note, like the napkin yep. pitch. Those yep. really happen. Okay. Um, we pitched a show that we really love, our favorite one that we wish we could do. We got a development deal with Cartoon Network to make this series, and um, we were being fast-tracked to go into production, and then management changed. And the new executive who came in wiped the entire development slate clean because he didn't want anything from the past uh, in yeah. his slate. So it died there. But to pitch that one, we wrote a whole thing. We made a vinyl toy. We made wow. 3D glasses. Um, we printed the we printed up the pitch like a like a brochure or like a yearbook because it had to do with a high, high school. And we dropped it into the vinyl toy, and we handed the vinyl toy to an executive at Cartoon Network at a at a party in wow. Ottawa, and they read it on the plane and phoned us, and we had the deal that day. So. Uh, and then there are times when you write and write and write, and then you go to um, you go into a boardroom and you choke as you try and tell them <laughs> what your show's about, and you completely panic and flop sweat. Uh -huh, and yeah. uh, so we've 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 pitched it every kind of way, and I think as as badly as our first pitch went over the phone, um, it is true that you've got to. You've got to believe in the project you're doing mm -hmm. and be ready to answer any question they have. Yeah. Um, the most important thing is to find out what the person you're pitching to is looking for. Yes. And 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 that is much easier to find these days because they share that information quite readily online. Like if you follow Kid Screen or mm -hmm. any of the any of the major um, major publications and all of the venue. Like if you go to the markets. They will have their executives from all those departments pop on and tell you, hey, we're looking for uh, girls shows age two to six. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of stuff. And then you sure. then you try and you try and tailor your properties to match what they're saying, what they're looking for. But yeah. the most important thing is for us, what we've learned is to make the connections because the the studio heads change so quickly, you know, the executives. They are always moving from studio to studio. So if you've got a good relationship with someone that let's say Cartoon Network, but this year they're working at Disney, now you've got a really good in at Disney. And maybe the shows that you didn't pitch to them when they were at Cartoon Network because they're not, because they wouldn't suit Cartoon Network, maybe yeah. they suit Disney. Now you can go in and, and meet with them. So it, yeah. it's all about knowing what they want and having having those connections with them. Absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 it's funny. <laughs> that we, yeah. I mean, we, we've been we've been successful, but we're we're and we're still we still pitch. We 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 haven't pitched as much. It's a little tougher these days, but uh, mm. um, it, it's still it's still a thing we want to do. I still want to I still want to be making my own shows. It's much more rewarding than make, making other people's shows. It was always the goal, and then you finally got a taste of it. Now you're like, that's all. It's, yeah, it's, it's all I want to do. And, and have if, to do that. Yeah. If not that, I'll keep felting. I'll be doing needle felting. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works. Hey, I, yeah. I obviously disappeared again because I don't know what's yeah. going on with my internet. But I, I, I don't know if it, if you covered this, but I'm curious. Like, 
when it like what does it what's it take like the one page was sort of like the classic way of pitching an idea way back in the day right um what is it is it still that like what is what like what's the format of a pitch yeah that's that's like? what i was saying it's it's always different a lot of times people now we've learned that they want more like okay. a whole proof right. of concept fully animated and scored and wow. everything that's I mean, easy to do right we've we've done those we've done a yeah. full four minute fully animated you know we voice record score it the whole bit and and yeah. go into a meeting like we've taken that down taken that down into a boardroom and put it on a screen and talk about it and answer questions about it and hmm. and then follow up and the, the thing that's kind of the thing you've got to, if you really want to be if you really want to be pitching you have to be patient because we find that you'll everyone if you imagine yourself as a development executive you've got a million pitches on your desk you can only get through so many and every day you get another you know it's like the scene in miracle on 34th street the postman comes in with you know, 300 bags and they dump them all they've got to get through it all and weed through all the ones that are exactly the same as the other guys um so it's it, it's it's really tough so we'll we'll pitch something and then ask for feedback and it might be three months it averages for us about three months before you hear back wow. and then they, they they give you a few notes and you you do those notes that night because you're so excited that you got of a course. reaction from the studio <laughs> or whatever yeah. and then you wait another three weeks another three months and then you do it again and then three months later that executive's gone right and then you start oh, again so you, just, start you just have to you just have to be wow. patient and hope that lightning strikes that's it's, it. Like uh, it's like like it's almost like the the planets really have to align, right? Like, and and I guess that's why the strategy have multiple in 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 active pitch mode, right? Because it and to be ready, yeah. Chances something's gonna land, yeah. And to be ready to go when they say, yeah, you know, and, and to be ready to just, you know, oh, are you interested? Do you have this? You and you go into it if you have a pitch. We prefer doing pitches more casually, mm. like with an email or over drinks somewhere at a festival yeah. or a whatever. You kind of you give them the one minute. We, we like it's the elevator pitch you've only got as yep. much time as it takes for the guy to get to his floor and you yep. just have to know the show and be able to do it and just get enough interest in it and uh yeah it's 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 tough but i was saying i think when you disappeared we've done we've done them all we've done the napkin pitch and we've done the spend a ton of money on vinyl toys and and uh and you know it, it all depends on on the network and the timing and you have to know that you know and, and it could be you go in the pitch you only have your one shot you finally got this executive on the hook to to pitch to them and they're having a bad day their car broke down they didn't like their lunch they spilled their coffee and they're yeah. not receptive to you and and that's that moment's gone so it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing it's there's a lot of lot of luck a lot mm. of luck involved you just have to be ready you just have to be prepared for it yeah absolutely well. And you sort of, you mentioned that, uh, you know, be ready to answer any questions they may have. So going into the development of your idea, like, does it help to have a pitch Bible or, you know, all the characters, their backgrounds and histories? Yeah, we, we write extensively. We write way yeah. too much backstory than, right. than is ever necessary to share. And, mm -hmm. um, and you, we learned early on that we tend to overshare and, and you can bog <laughs> down, you can bog down them. They just want to know what's it about? What's the hook? Does it yep. have legs? Yep. Can it can it last more than one season? What, mm -hmm. what is the what's the fun with it? Um, yep. And if you start telling about the ancient history of the great grandfather of the third character who you don't even see till the sixth episode, uh, you've lost them. And yep. you know we've we've done that. 
because you get so excited because you're you're excited about creating this world and and of course these characters yeah it's that fine line you know when you are talking like it's maybe five to ten minutes you know yeah and then just leave it for for whatever they want to ask or yeah yeah i think you need to have you need to have the knowledge yeah and and let them know at least you've thought about a bunch of things and the more times we've pitched the more things we've done the more things we've learned that they Mm -hmm. might be looking for definitely need to know who the main characters are they not necessarily need to know what the world's about they want to know what the stories are about they want to know what you know that that kind of stuff so it's really the the core thing of Mm -hmm. the show that they they want to they want to hear about it's it's really interesting sorry yeah And, and and they want to know that you are capable of pulling it off too it's mm. all about you you're more you're more pitching yourself than mm. the idea because honestly i think that we could todd and i can make any idea work i think i don't think there's any bad ideas it's you know you just put your brains on it and spin it and you can turn anything into something it's you just have to have the the ability to do it and the the willingness to do it and to to apply yourself to to make it to make it work. So I think if if a studio can see that you're creative enough, can think on the fly, um, yep. are responsible enough, not just going to walk away with the money and, <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's the it's it's that it's that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of uh, walking away with the money, there was a question that came in uh, from Andrew and B. Um, and they're asking so if the studio likes your idea sorry brent this i feel like this is your job i'm just like stealing do it my i'm <laughs> super unreliable tonight so you okay, thank beautiful. god you're here you, you just take a rest right? i'll just you go and do your thing yeah okay uh so if the studio likes your idea and asks what you want do you have to go into the pitch with an idea of how much you would need to make it uh, and how do you figure that out that's a <laughs> that's a loaded question <laughs> so so that's that that is yes but when you first go into the pitch you don't talk about money or anything that's something mm-hmm. that's figured out way way later you but that being said it's a lot easier to go into a pitch if you've got a backer mm-hmm. if you found someone over so when you once you do the first pitch because you never just pitch to one place like i said earlier you don't get it made by one place you need to pitch the idea to you got to get a broadcaster on board now once you've got a broadcaster then you need some other finance people and you need to get a production studio on board right so you've got to negotiate that and figure out what they want to do how much it's going to cost them to produce it and so all of that stuff yes does have to be figured out you don't have to have that in your pocket when you're first presenting um and how do you figure it out it is a closely guarded secret from the for the ages uh i don't know how to you know you you try it's changing all the time and it's different wherever you are in whatever region in canada we rely heavily on tax credits where the government pays uh, kickback tax credits for using people in certain communities so if you work you know if you work far in Northern Ontario, if your studio's in Northern Ontario, you'll get a bigger tax credit from the government because they're trying to keep people working in Northern yeah. Ontario. So right. you get you get benefits to put it forward. Um, but the restrictions on those and uh, that is that you have to have all of your people in that area in order to make things work. So, you know, and there isn't necessarily a huge pool of talent to make all the shows 
there, right? So there are people, really good friends of mine who all work in LA now who I would love to work with, but uh, not necessarily, not, not always yeah. nece uh, possible, depending on the project, yeah. if it's a Canadian funded project or, yeah. or what have you. That's the tricky thing with Canadian funded projects is a sort of a catch 22, right? It's like, yes, there's money to be made or to be, to be thrown into the bucket, but it comes with, uh, there's some strings that are attached to that. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sense, uh, it, some of it makes sense. I mean, I know <laughs> it, it's a whole different market than, you know, in the States, the, the companies that own the networks own the shows and they make the shows, right. It's different. It's different yeah. here. Right. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing, but um, yeah, there's no real, I'd say if you want to learn how to figure out how to budget a show, try and get a job at a studio where you're working yeah. in the, in the yeah, budgeting that's department that's... as a producer, because it's constantly changing. And I, all the producers I've worked with, it is a, it is a juggling act. They mm. are working, they work hard for their money. That's for sure. Mm. They're really, really struggling to keep everything floating and hitting deadlines and making sure that that everybody's going to get paid and that the money's there to you know um yeah i could talk about that for hours about how you have to adjust a show just to make sure you've got the <laughs> you've got yeah. the, the money to finish the show i mean because you got to pay for voicing and uh, yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah uh funny note on that is when we worked on total drama people who watched the first season would probably notice that chef stops talking a lot at a certain point because we started the series with a gigantic cast of characters mm. but the, the voice budget runs out and you've got to pay all the actors even if they've only got a certain number of lines and so it comes to the point where okay we're writing these last the last batch of the season we've got fewer characters yes but we also don't have much money left so maybe chef doesn't talk <laughs> as much this season so there's a lot of not even grunts you know he's just sort of there in the background and and then you play it up with somebody else's line gee he's not talking much but it, it's 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 a real thing and you know you you write a, a show where uh a bunch of characters come running into the room you're like oh we don't think we'll be able to manage that and get it out the door on time because of all the animation that has to happen can we cut that scene down to two people or three mm -hmm. people or so you're you know you so you're working constantly with your producer throughout production to make sure that what you're writing and what you're storyboarding and what you're doing all will fit in with what's financially feasible to yeah. produce and still look good. I'm, I'm and, curious. Oh, sorry. I didn't, mind, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you didn't. That's fine. Okay. I just wanted to ask like, because you've, you've seen, like you've been involved for a while in this, this racket. And so I'm wondering in your perspective or from your perspective, do you feel like these, these, like this online um, sort of Netflix and Amazon and all these big players, did, has that disrupted and changed the game in any way when it comes to um, trying to get a show on air as a, a quote unquote, or at least on stream? Yeah, it's, it's affected things greatly. I mean, Netflix. Better or for worse. Net, well, both. Both. Net, yeah. Netflix, Netflix rounded up. They opened their animation studio. They rounded up all the best talent in LA and put them in a building, right? And said, "Here, yeah. go make whatever make you want." And you know, but the the thing is, if you let every all the creatives do the stuff, then maybe it's not always. You know, people yeah. are following visions that might not be the most palatable for what a yeah. finance department would like to see, right? Yeah. Maybe it's got a very niche market that's only going to want to watch the six episodes and and that's not driving it i mean i think it, what it was what what's great about it is it's opened up you've got a million places to pitch now 
you can pitch to YouTube, you can pitch everywhere. Um, so that, in that sense, it's great. Um, uh, there's more animation being made now than ever. I the oh, think the the we are so spoiled. I'm so thankful that I'm in the industry I am in, considering what's yeah. happened the past two years. Everybody's yeah. locked down at home and they need content, and That's so it. all all but we yeah. There's not enough time it's, in the day to so make sure. all the stuff that needs to be made. Yeah, yeah. so the demand um, is so high right now. It's so high. Never been yeah. higher. I've never seen it higher. And there's such a such a drought in talent at the moment yeah. because everybody's everybody's working. And we still need people, and we're about to start a new project, and we're looking for people, but everybody's working, so we got we got to find we got to yeah. find people. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, well, I have sorry, no record of questions because I kept getting bounced. So yeah, I don't know. so yeah, we have um, we have one more from earlier uh, that okay. came up towards the beginning, and then I have one more as well. So Mark, it's uh, we're at that ninety minute mark, but if you've got a couple of, I I'm more fine. Minutes, yeah. Okay. No sweet. Let's so do it. Couple this questions. is just a, a quick one. Mike asked um, earlier, uh, "Do you miss the physical bit, like being in the physical environment studio?" Um, I think that's what he's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Mike. Wink. Oh, okay. You know Mike. <laughs> I think, okay. I think, yeah. <laughs> that's my. That's my uncle. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I miss it so much. I really, really miss being in the studio. Part of my job as a director is to work with the crew and see them and and walk by their desks and talk with them about what they're working on. And mm -hmm. the world of Zoom now or Teams or whatever platform you're working on, the only time you get with your crew is the time in that window, that 30-minute yep. slot. And there's no chatter from the boardroom to your desk. There's no yep. chit-chat in the elevator or the stairs or at the coffee shop because you only yep. see them on a screen. Everybody's been looking at me like this for a year and a half. Well, and you don't even have a body. I know. Like you, you, I know. Like we'll see. Now, that's, 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 that's all really that's left of and, Mark Thornton. And, and and for proof, yeah, I am wearing pants. I don't know the camera is. <laughs> sure you are. At, yeah, you put them on so five minutes I before put, the stream. I, know. I did. I, I did. I put them on for this. <laughs> just in case I need to jump out of the chair for some reason. But You never know. The, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really, you learn so much more. It's a lot easier to work with the team when you have conversations as a group. You walk by somebody's desk and just happen to catch what they're working on. You can go over and have a conversation. Other people can yeah. gather around. There's a learning that happens with that, just in that environment. And it's really, really tough when everybody's at home. Yeah. And we were we were right in the middle of production on Pickwick when it went down and we all went home. We all had a shortcut anyways with, with each other. I knew I knew my crew. Yeah. And so it was easy for me to talk with them sure. yeah. um, online. Uh, there was a bit of a distance there was a rapport but, already but there was already a rapport set up and you knew what you could you know yeah. you knew yeah. the shortcuts and how you could describe things yep. and talk about yep. stuff but you didn't have you didn't have the wall with all the artwork on it anymore no nope. and you didn't have you know you don't have that that big schedule printed out on the on the, the windows yeah. and, and, and no water cooler so, to just have no, like organic exactly. chat about yeah there's all that all that's gone but now that we've started a new studio when i started working over at brown bag in september um <laughs> i had to onboard with the company i've never met anybody well it's a lie i i have yet to meet many of the people in person mm -hmm. i've mm -hmm. yet to be in the studio and see a desk um my computer they sent to me and it's sitting under here under here so 
Um, it's it's been tricky um, because I'm you know I'm working with an art director now that I've never worked with before, and I met online. I don't know if he's taller than me or not. I, you know, it's one of those things. You, I have no idea. I mean, and, and there's not a ton of not a ton of opportunity to um, to do that. I mean, the what's what I'm finding is happening is the social uh, the social departments of the companies are working really hard now to. Yeah. To, figure to out try and keep to, that, yeah. yeah, to make that happen. So we've been having yeah. uh, those. We had a digital Christmas party, yeah, um, on something called Rally, mm -hmm. um, which was fun. And the the studio shipped us all. You know, we all got a nice little cocktail box and a and a, some fine. snack food, and we all yeah. mixed drinks and chatted with oh, each other. And but it's you know I try and involve myself. Back at Guru, they had they had booked someone to do Zoom trivia nights. Nice. And so you would get together and try and do that. And uh, at uh, Brown Bag, I take part in life drawing classes online. And it's right. a handful of people, at least, you know, people that aren't on my crew that I get to kind of chat with briefly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's all extra it, effort, though. Like, it's that's, that's the thing. Like, all the things you described are things you need to, like, book or you have to think about or you have to still make time for, as opposed to just, like, just going to work and just the peripheral kind of interactions you get. You just get that stuff for free, you know? Exactly. And I mean, and the whole, what was so, what's so great about when we, we used to work down in, in Liberty Village at Nevada, like I said, I would go for lunch with the Yowza guys. I would yep. go over to the Elliott guys. We yeah. everybody worked in the same neighborhood. We all knew what everyone was doing, and we all could see each other. And you could network and inspire, and and the community was much closer. And now I have no idea. I have no yeah. idea what anybody's doing anywhere else, unless I make yeah. the effort to reach out. I'm not going to bump into them at the at the you know the coffee shop next door. No, I'm not exactly. going to see them. It's it's. Uh, it's tough. It really is. And, and there's a toll, emotional toll it takes too, right? Like when you're doing the exact same thing yep. all the time and yep. without that variety, it's right. the, the lack of human contact is, yeah. is tricky. I would imagine also being like a showrunner like you, it's like you're in a position to not only, yes, provide direction, but a lot of the job is is like evangelization too. It's like there's a, there's a, to, to affect people with enthusiasm for what they're actually doing. That's got to be a hell of a lot harder to do when you're just in a small box on a screen, right? You know, like it's. Well, especially when you have a meeting and nobody else turns their cameras on. Yeah. And I'm oh, trying dude, to talk to, I'm that. trying to talk to yeah. a crowd of. 20 people crickets in a meeting and all it is is black boxes with names on them. And I don't know if That's they're it. playing Xbox or what. You yeah. Know? yeah. I have no idea if they're really <laughs> paying attention. Yes, they are. No, I'm just Yeah. Kidding. Well, of course they are. Or they're watching it, you know, in the studios, everyone's watching movies on their second monitor, yeah, you know, yeah. while they're working. It's, it's yeah. such a bizarre thing. Hard, hard um, to read the room. That's for sure. It yeah. is so hard to read the room. And it, and yeah. really part of, part of directing is definitely encouraging and inspiring and, and trying yeah. to get people as excited about the project. I mean, uh, in my experience, I've, I've worked with a bunch of different directors and um, there have been shows that I worked on that I never, ever met the director working as a designer, never even knew who the director was, you know, yeah. all I, cause my notes would come from my design supervisor and my design supervisor would have had a meeting with the director. When I got into storyboarding, of course I would meet the directors cause I would meet directly yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. Uh, God, it's so yeah, weird. It, it is before so, times. The before times. They that's were so what we different. call it. You know, we call it the before times. <laughs> that's it's right. so funny. Yeah. And then, you know, talking about, well, the first shows I worked at the end of the last century. 
Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Right? Back in the yeah. back in the nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, before there was a two at the beginning of the four numbers. Yeah, that's right. Scott, yeah, you so had a, a. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I, I, I don't. Scott had another one. I just want to make sure we get to it. I don't want to keep you all night there. Yeah. Uh, no. Mark. This. Uh, Feel bad. We'll, we'll see how that's quickly so you can answer this one. But I was uh, taking a look at your Instagram account, and you did promise your followers. A story about being fired twice in one day. Oh yeah, so right. I don't want to disappoint the audience. Yeah, right. yeah I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I, <laughs> Gather funny. around. Gather yeah. around, everyone. <laughs> so, so this was in the day. The days it would, it would have been in the probably the early two thousands, right? And it, back when we were still doing everything on paper, mm. all the designs were being done on paper, and they would get you'd put them together, go in the binder, then everything would be bagged up and sent overseas to be animated in the Philippines. And, um, I was, I honestly, I was trying to remember what show it was I was working on. And I reached out to someone who was there, who witnessed, who witnessed this. And uh, I haven't heard back from her, but we were working together on the photocopier, putting together the, the design packs. And it was right around the time we were just, whatever the show was, I knew the contract was wrapping up. The show was winding down and the way it normally worked was you would move from one show right onto the next. They didn't care if you your design style matched the show or not. You would just get they just needed bums and seats, right? So they move, they need they need 10 people in that crew. If you were finishing on this one, they'd move you on to that one. But as it was happening, things were a lot more seasonal then too. There wasn't as much work. So you'd be getting ready for the new fall lineup of shows, and I'd be working really crazily. And then the shows would be going, and then while they're they're waiting for renewals, they don't need to be making more shows. So people would very frequently just be exiting the, the company. So anyways, um, it was right before lunch. I got called into the HR office, which was right beside the photocopiers where I was working with my friend. And uh, the HR woman says, Mark, I'm, uh, I've been going over everything and I'm really sorry, but um, we don't have anything to put you on once this is done. I think you're going to be done in two weeks. You're, I just have to let you know we don't have anything yeah. for you. And I'm like... I got young kids. I need a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, there's no other features, so I can't skip out and go somewhere else. So mm -hmm. I'm like, is there anything at all you can find for me? And she's like, uh, I don't know, but I'll ask around. I'll ask around the other uh, productions and see, but there's just, I just can't see. It's just not going to happen. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went with this friend of the photocopier and told her. And so she and I went for lunch and we come back from lunch and we're just getting back. And as I come in, the HR person sticks her head out the door and says, Mark, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm like, oh, she found something for me at lunch. Mm. So I go running back in and I said, yeah, how's, how's it going? Mark, I've been looking at the contracts and looking at things. And I know this winds in a couple of weeks, but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to keep you. She gave me the exact same speech she did right before lunch. Like so my, matrix. yeah, it was like my, my, all the people she was letting go were in a stack of papers on her desk, I guess. And as she got to one, she'd turn it over and call the next person oh, in. But when she went to lunch, she didn't turn mine over. <laughs> so, she, so she called me in to fire me again, forgetting completely that she had already done it an hour oh earlier. Oh my God. Wow. It just goes and, to show you with a mental process that someone yeah. who has to deal with, like has to give so many people bad news the whole day. They just probably just go yeah, to days or, or something. Or or have a liquid lunch. Yeah, or or, or both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. probably a combination of the two. That's that was oh, my, my probably opinion. the liquid lunch so, because they're having to let people go. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I, yeah, and I I've yeah there over the years have been many 
many studio you know oh, yeah. ups and downs uh, even some very recently and and mm -hmm. the, those those days are those days are bad those yep, are days yep. are really bad having watched so many of them happen yeah yeah not yeah, fun it can be pretty awkward and not fun especially especially like when it's uh when the market's kind of tough, like you were saying, like when there's not a lot of other options in the say, like these days, it's like, okay, you know what? One company goes down. It doesn't matter. Three are going to pop back up. But like there were times yeah. where that was not the case. Oh, definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. And you take any job you can get back down. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. like I said, when you're working by doing a drawing, getting paid for drawing yeah, and yeah. You're, you're barely scraping by. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's um, yeah, I've, I've had a few, a few instances in my career where it's been uh, extra tough, but for the most part, I've been very fortunate. That, blessed, uh, as it were, even blessed, yeah. exactly. And and you know, uh, some of it's attributed to never wanting to quit and keep doing yeah, it because yeah. it'd yeah. be really easy to. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of other jobs in other industries you can. Yeah, well, go yeah. and do. I mean, but, uh, there's something to for trust. Sure is tenacity is part of your recipe, but I would also say a little bit of raw talent. I think kind of, kind of goes a long way. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not the strongest artist in the room, but I know what I want to do. And I, I mm -hmm. know how to get people to, you know, to help me do that, I guess. Yeah. Right. That's the best well, part about being a director. 100%. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Cause uh, you can surround yourself with people who have good ideas, but you need to recognize them and know how to rally them to make them, ha make them happen. Basically. It, it, the, the, the adage is true that you find, you always work with people who are better than you yeah. They make you look great. And, uh, and, and, and you learn something from them while you're, while you're steering them to make your vision. It's yeah, true words have never been spoken. It's so great. It's, it's very, very, it's what keeps me going. Cause I, I'm always baffled by the end. Everybody's so young. They're so young or we, do we just keep getting older? I don't know which well, one it is. Maybe I, a little bit of both. It might be both. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's quite crazy to see these people who, Oh, yeah. are younger than my children who have far more Crazy talent, talent. Uh, who I'll know. never catch up to. Like, I know. I'll never catch them, but it's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing to be part of something that's so creative. I, really I agree. I, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse, but uh, we're lucky to, live, to work in such a vibrant and creative industry. And uh, yeah, and it's yeah. come along in my time. I've gone from doing pencil tests and having to wait for things being developed for me to see them. Yep to being able to completely produce a yep. full length film yep. with sound and color and everything on my iPad. I mean, like yep. it's ridiculous. I, I could sit in bed and do, do the whole thing. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah, so absolutely. Well, yeah. um, Mark, thank you for uh, hanging thank out with you. us. Yeah, it was fun. You. It was it was selfish. It was it was it's been a long time since I've seen you. So this was a really good opportunity to kind of it was catch really up nice with the world you, yes. of Mark Thornton. So yeah, thanks for being great. here. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, thank so, you very much. I, I will uh, I will uh, wish you the best of luck. Good to have a have an, have an amazing holiday. And um, I uh, maybe we can touch base again uh, down the road and see how things are are working out for the Neptune uh, dudes as it were. I, I would love that. Yeah. And then maybe at some point we can talk about things we're working on. Yeah, I would <laughs> like that. NDA, I, would like that very much. Yeah. I like yeah, it. I like it. Okay. Well, have cool. a great evening, both of you. Thank you, Scott, for Thank being you, here. My Thanks. <laughs> it yes, turned out really that nice. it was like extra critical that you were here because I kept yeah. dropping on the call. But yes, yeah. I would have kept talking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just the show just went on no matter what. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Have a good night. And uh, see you guys both in the next one. Right. See you, everyone. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
that was cool. I, I haven't seen Mark in a while, as 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 he pointed out. I, I don't remember what that last CTN was. It was uh, definitely a number of years ago. Uh, honestly, I mean, he's he's probably too humble to admit it, but like he said, he's not as talented as the guy. He he's his ideas were always extra clever. Todd, his his drawings, like Todd, like his his partner in crime, they've they they were always amazing. So it, it's it doesn't it doesn't even it, it doesn't uh, shock me at all that the two of them kind of found each other and they complement each other quite nicely, and that's why they've had quite a bit of success over the years. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing to think that he's been doing it for so long and, um, now he's in that very, um, you know, privileged position to be able to actually pitch shows. And now that he's got a bit of a rapport with some of those networks, it's sort of like something that he can just do, you know, it's something that people dream about doing. And it's like, you know, I kind of wanted to ask him like, okay, so what about like, you know, he kind of got asked this idea of like, how do you, like, what would, what's some advice for, or, you know, for people who want to pitch shows, it's like, you know, that's it's pretty high level, but like, you know, how does, in my mind, it's almost like, where do you even begin to learn the skills you need to actually be able to pick shows? Because it's like, there's no, you can't go to school for that. It's not a thing that you go and learn. You learn that by like osmosis, having the right personality, having a good, um, a good sort of sense for a good idea and, and talent and having sort of the charm to be able to like rally a bunch of people behind the idea, get them excited by it. Like these are things that are just difficult to just learn. You can't just go to school and learn that. So um, I think part of it is just, it's almost like the universe chooses some people to be those, those types. And, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, you can learn some of the skills, but I think some of them are just sort of, you got to have a natural, a natural kind of affinity for things. Um, so there won't be any Agora learning track for this break. Yeah, I, I really wish there were. I think that it's just kind of one of those things. It's one of those things. Yeah, well, I mean, pitch. I so I know, I know there are people teaching the pitching. I totally, I totally know. It's just, it's, it's a different. You can learn it academically. You can learn about like what's the format of a pitch, how you put the ideas together. But there's a whole other layer to it, which is like charisma and sort of like just having the social skills to like be a good pitcher. You know, like some people have, some people are really great. They have great ideas. They can put together a package, but then when they go to pitch it, they just sort of freeze up because they're just they're not great at thinking on the fly and, and, um, and, and delivering a pitch, you know, like it's, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes just people are just blessed with a certain set of skills that make them particularly good at doing that. And, um, so most people find themselves in positions that Mark finds himself in. So I wish him all the best, um, because, uh, he deserves it. He's worked very, very hard over the years. And so has Todd, his partner. And, uh, there's so many more people from that neck of the woods that we will continue to bring on the show because I think it's really fun to cast a spotlight on, on all these people who have got like so many years of experience racked up at this point. There's so much to learn from. So stay tuned. Um, I believe this is our last conversation, um, of the year. I think, um, let me just bring Scott back in cause he's still there. Hi Scott. I mean, Surprise. I, you're back. <laughs> Do you have your pants back? Oh, really hold on. Quickly. Let me, let me, let me, let him, I'll turn it off and you can put your pants on and then we'll bring it back. Just yeah. Kidding. Yeah. So yeah. you are, so this is our last stream, I think of the, of the year, is it not? It is this. Well, this oh is our God, last feels... conversation with, uh, Oh, right. We're yes, you're right. This is the last conversation with, but there is something happening on Tuesday, I think next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll okay. uh, have a quick chat about that, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that our first, uh, I was just, doing some writing some stuff up our first conversation with in the new year is going to be a really interesting one um, which one is it with, it's steve uh Sep oh yeah Gowski. yeah yeah. Gowski, yeah yeah he was the yeah. audio director for uh, guardians of the galaxy over at idos he's the one which is crazy because it the news keeps getting more and more ridiculous on that whole game because they keep winning prizes they just had a whole pot what was the game show that they just 
they raked in a few prizes. Um, they mm. uh, they got like, there was a couple like best best character. So like, some of the actors, I think John McLaren was nominated for one, and so was um, so was the guy who played Drax. Um, I right. don't know why I always forget his name. He's a local actor here, uh, but like there there was in the the narrative best narrative. I think they just won recently. Like they just keep racking it in. So it, it's yeah, and he and of course what's interesting with his story is. He was the audio director, but he also launched a real legit album that goes along with the game and like it's featuring his his work and his singing and his music. So it's, yeah. it's, was it's the band very interesting Star-Lord to hear that. Or something? Is that what he called the band? Yeah, they called it Star Lord. Yeah, basically yeah. the because the fiction in the game, they 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 came up with this idea that Star Lord, the reason why he got the name Star Lord was because it was his favorite band growing up. I don't think that that's an original idea. I think that oh, sorry, I don't think that was part of the original canon of Star of of, of okay. Guardians. I think that's something that the IDOS team decided to sort of build into his backstory. So that's awesome. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's a much smart idea, and then it just it just made sense that the whole it yep. was it, it, immediately that idea infused music into the just I mean music was infused in the idea of the 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 movie um the like the the the, the Marvel the, the MCU Guardians of the Galaxy it yep. was obviously music the soundtrack was really awesome and but anyways long story short it'll be an interesting conversation because he's yeah. he's experienced a lot of really interesting things um along the way things that he yeah. didn't think were going to happen so and the first time yeah. we've someone uh, an audio director that's uh, true as well so yeah that's true good one to catch okay right. well i mean i think it's time to wrap things up thanks for coming back thanks for um putting those pants back on and thank you chad for being here i um i will see you next week cheers guys Bye. see ya stay animated later thanks for listening to this episode we hope you got a lot out of it Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, Stay tuned and stay animated.